Denmark gets some 40% of its power from wind energy, but it's aiming for even more. In order to do that, it's going to have to shake up the traditional relationship between electricity supply and demand. And as Stephanie Joyce reports in this latest installment of the Inside Energy series Blackout, Reinventing the Grid, the country is looking to a tiny island in the middle of the Baltic Sea for guidance. The grid control room at Öskraft on the Danish island of Bornholm is a mix of old and new. On one side of the room, huge computer monitors detail the flow of electricity throughout the system. On the other, printed circuit diagrams hang on 60s-era control boards with dancing needles. Jamming to early 90s dance music, engineer Eric Momquist lounges at a desk, wearing a gray jumpsuit and thick eyeglasses. He's in charge of keeping the island's grid in balance. You're here sitting at this desk all day. What, what do you do? As little as possible. As little as possible. And he's not joking. He explains the utility profits when he does very little. When I shall to do anything, it costs us money. So I do as little as, as possible. But doing as little as possible has gotten more difficult in recent years, as Bornholm has stepped up its share of renewable energy. It's much easier to balance a system that relies on coal than on fluctuating power sources like wind and solar. Momquist grabs a graph printing out of one of the analog machines on the wall. You can see here, you can see the wind, and then suddenly it goes up and down all the time. Bornholm gets half of its power from wind and solar. But of course, that power supply is intermittent and doesn't always match the times of day when people are using the most electricity. Momquist grabs another printout. All days are look, look alike. You can see people get up in the morning about uh, half past five, and then they go to, to uh, eat, and then they don't do it anymore. Right now, when demand spikes and the wind isn't blowing, utilities like Öskraft ramp up production at their coal or gas plants. But Denmark is planning to be fossil fuel-free in its power sector by 2030, which means soon that won't be an option. So instead of making supply meet demand, Öskraft is testing what it would take to make demand meet supply. Demand response have nothing at all to do with energy savings. It has to do with, with using the energy when it's there. That's Maya Benson. She also works for Öskraft and is in charge of a project called EcoGrid EU, which is testing so-called demand response with roughly 2,000 households on Bornholm. Benson says she actually learned about the idea as a kid. Her family had a wind turbine, and when the wind was blowing hard... We turned off all the radiator valves. Because it was windy, the wind turbine was spinning anyway. The energy was free and abundant. The idea behind EcoGrid is the same. Use electricity when there's plenty of cheap, renewable power, and cut back when there isn't. The project focuses on heating and cooling, which are among the biggest electricity users. But unlike when Benson was a kid, the EcoGrid project automates it, so no one has to run around opening and closing radiator valves. As a participant in the project, you say which temperature do I want. And if you want between 68 and 72 degrees, for example, the utility controls your heating to keep your house within that range. For the utility, that's valuable. Being able to temporarily shut off hundreds or thousands of heaters or air conditioners can keep the electricity grid in balance without having expensive, polluting power plants on standby and without building thousands of miles of new transmission lines. Jürgen Christensen is the chief technology officer of Dansk Energi, the Danish energy association. 
He says it will be too costly to reach the country's renewable energy goals without demand response. We are over-investing because we're not utilizing the, the, the energy that we produce in a smart way. But customers don't make those changes on their own. And convincing them that there are benefits to allowing someone else to control their heating or electric car charging takes time. If it's totally new for you, you will say, well, let's wait and see what the neighbors does. So if automating demand response is the cheapest option for making renewables work, can it happen elsewhere? In the United States, there are residential demand response projects, but none of them use automation, which limits the benefits to the overall grid. But start talking about controlling people's heating systems in a fiercely independent state like, say, Wyoming, and, well, you can imagine how that conversation would go. For Inside Energy, I'm Stephanie Joyce.